Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Pounds, pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We're here today to put the her in propaganda. Oh, are we? I see. <laughs> Got it. Mm, my name is Sarah Yeager. I'm here with my beautiful co-host Joy, and um, I have a que- I have a just a curiosity, cur- curious about my friend question for you oh do you because sorry i'm setting my um i'm setting my timer on my phone for 45 minutes because wow summer and i are trying to do this thing today where we record with a time limit Ah. Uh, don't get excited for those of you that think it's like oh finally they got over the chatting no it's not that it's It's just a scheduling error today we both have things not an yeah so I know how I am and I will just start talking. So yeah. um so my question is and it, it's a that genuine question because I know well I think I have a pretty good I know you well enough to know part of this the answer to this. And okay. We've been talking about the things areas where we're different and that's been really fun. But like, I know for you and I, like we're, we, and this could also be generational, but I just know in my mom's generation, like talking about aging or like a woman's age was like uncouth, right? It was like, that's, you don't do that. Oh yeah. You don't ask a woman her age. That's rude, you know, was kind of a very common whatever. And then, uh, because you know, you swing really too hard the other way people do in general, right? I feel like our generation, we I feel like we don't do that at all. I feel like there's we don't. We're like, yeah, I'm 42, and we're not embarrassed by it, and that's fine. Yeah. Um. So I I have not been upset about aging, like. For going through my 20s now I'm like straight in the middle of my 30s like I'm not I I'm not mad about it I'm not like oh no I'm not in my 30s or 30s are old I don't you know I had someone recently tell me like oh I just turned 29 like it's I can't believe it ew I don't and I don't feel that I would not want to relive my 20s I'm having a fine time I think I'm I'm good, right? And even like the aging stuff, like even that stuff, when I see myself aging, it has not, I'm not depressed about it. And it's just not something that I relate to. Um, But I feel, and I feel like we're on the same page so far. I feel like everything I've said, you Mm -hmm. could probably, I feel like you agree with everything I just said, and I don't have to ask about that. But (laughs) I just started experiencing the first little thing that is uncomfortable and weird to me 
about aging. I haven't felt it yet. And I understand I'm only 34, whatever. But I feel like, you know, when I, if I see a gray hair, that's fine. Like just being older, it's fine. But man, I got to tell you, my first sign of aging that has really been like, oh, oh, this is real. I'm I am now experiencing this is that the corner, <laughs> the corner of my eyes are they are migrating south for the winter um like what is what is that what is that droop that suddenly exists <laughs> in the corner of my eyes and i like i saw it for the really really saw it for the first time the other day and i was like oh well that's gonna keep going down <laughs> Like, that's not going back up. Like, that is going... <laughs> the migration has begun. There is no yeah. migrating back north without plastic surgery. So, yeah. like, that's it, right. you know? And it was really the first time that I looked in the mirror and went, oh. Oh. Well, uh, okay. But, okay. I mean, it is what... I'm not, like, mad about it, but it was a... It was a startle. It was like a... This is this is re this is not a, a figment of my imagination. This is straight up. My face is moving. <laughs> you know. Yep. So my Changing. question was, yeah. Uh, do you have one of those? Have you have you experienced that? Like, oh, that kind of like startle of like, okay, well, that ain't going back to the way it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I have. Um, and mine also just has to do with sort of the general like geography of my face, mm -hmm. which is that so maybe not everyone. Well, I almost hesitate to even say this because then I'm like, <laughs> people are going to start looking for this. But in case you didn't know your face over time kind of becomes less symmetrical. <laughs> uh -huh. Now I, it happens more for some than others. Um, some of it I think has to do with my teeth. I never got my wisdom teeth out. And I think oh, that that's them interesting. coming in so late has like caused my mouth to like shift a little bit. And, but and I'm already, see, so that's the thing. Is some of these things, because I think back on some of the, the things I felt like I noticed in my early 20s or even in my teens, which is insane. Um, these are just things that we notice and we have some sort of thing. When somebody else looks at us, they're not. Now, it's possible that that means that when you're 80 summer, I'm sorry, that means your eyelids might be a little droopy. You know, it uh, might be a sign of things to come. Right now, <laughs> I would and say. And that's normal. <laughs> they don't look droopy to me. So I think. They have migrated, think, okay? <laughs> I think this symmetrical thing for me is already hard. I got stitches in my eyebrow when I was in, I think, like eighth grade. And so I've already always kind of like the asymmetry focused on that unnecessarily yeah um 
But yeah, so I think that, you know, as you get older, those little things come up. But I think because we're still in our 30s, I would say it may not be as true, but it, I would say that the the sentiment that when you're 15 and you think everything's wrong with you and you're hideous <laughs> and you're actually not, you're actually the best that you're ever going to be. <laughs> like your skin is the best. I mean, obviously exceptions, but like yeah. when you're early 20s, you know, yeah. I think sometimes we're looking at something that mm-hmm. we can see because we can. Yeah get that close to ourselves yeah <laughs> but no, i really um, and it's it's i am one of those uh you know if you were to put on the spectrum like looks in the mirror too much looks in the mirror too little um my fault would be that i look in the mirror too little like i i will go days same. i will same. go days like if there wasn't a mirror where i brush my teeth i, I could right it, it mm-hmm. could be a week before I intentionally yeah. <laughs> um, understood totally in, get it linked in the mirror so this moment was one of those you know um I'm putting on makeup which does not happen every day and I'm I'm doing it how I always do it and all of a sudden that's not working and then I'm like looking closer like what is happening and it was just I just thought what's Joy's um what's her thing so yeah I think I think too, I, well, I went to a dermatologist the other day, long story short. Um, and I wasn't there for any sort of like aesthetic elective reason. (laughs) Um, and so, but my skin definitely has changed since I had Georgia. And so whenever you're in a dermatology office, you're just like, what do these people think? Like, do I want their opinion? Right. Yes. Right. No. And then, and yet I'm not here for that. So. Right. And facials cost a lot of money and they're, that's probably what they're going to sell me. So let's not, let's just not even go there. Right. But yeah, I would just like, I don't know. I'm, but I also noticed that like all the women that worked in the office um, had, they wore, which I don't have a problem with people wearing makeup, but they were wearing makeup. You could tell they had had like filler. And, and so there was definitely, I was like, man, working in a dermatology office or anything adjacent to that is probably difficult, especially as you get older. Uh Yeah. Like this, this, I don't know. I was like, wow. Okay. (laughs) But I don't know. I think, I don't know. I think it's a part of, I think it's a part of getting older some of what I've felt is just more sort of like there's so there's a, a lot of kids here at the church in Louisiana that I go to now that have just graduated high school. Oh. And so I'm looking at this like and they're beautiful. Like I'm just looking at this gaggle of like beautiful girls and it's like, oh, where are they going to go? What are they going to do? Yeah. And so I do think there is this moment where as you get older, whenever it happens, it might happen at a different time for everybody. Yeah. But there's this moment where you physically realize you're getting older. And then you also realize there's not this like unknown. I mean, it to an extent, but I don't yeah. know. I just think it's something you have to, everyone, everyone works their way through it. So what I'm saying is if 
yeah. you haven't worked your way through it. Maybe think about it. And, and, and I don't mean like get a bunch of plastic surgery and yeah. I don't mean ignore it and <laughs> act like none of it matters. <laughs> I just right. mean, you know, work your way through it, guys. <laughs> right. It's coming for you and it's coming fast and uh, it's okay. Yeah, it's totally, I much prefer being, I wouldn't want to be 18 again. And I keep seeing all these, um, you know, it's back to school time. And so people are posting pictures of their teenagers and I'm like, they all look 10. Every single one of them looks like they're in fifth grade to me. (laughs) They all look like absolute babies to me. Um, and then I think about how old I thought I was when I was 15, 16, 17, and I'm looking at them Mm -hmm. and I'm like, they literally look like they just left daycare to me. (laughs) I don't know how old, and I was having this conversation with my daughters where I was, we, they were expressing to me and I was expressing to them that I cannot clock their friends ages at all. Like if you lined up all my kids and their friends, I would be like the, every single one of you is five. <laughs> and then my kids, my kids, they look at me and my friends and they would be like, every single one of you is 87, 87. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, this is, this is the, this is so realistic to me, you know? Um, the nice thing about uh, having a toddler is that she thinks everyone older than her is six. So you know, that's the number yeah. I get. Yeah. Okay. Let's do this. We're serious. You guys were serious. Yes. No, yes, we're we not. Are. You can leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475. <laughs> um, the uh, book club is, you guys are really popping. I, I don't know about you. Quickly tell me. I feel so, I was not expecting the there are so many people in book club that love this book and that know so much about it. And so reading out of the silent planet with all these women, we have someone who's taught it. Um, we have someone casually reading Dante because it's related. Um, and just the insight, um, and the feedback that we're getting in book club right now has been really, really fun. So you can join us at patreon.com slash theologians. We're reading out of the silent planet. It's not too late to join. Um, so yeah, we're here to talk about, I just can't, I just came up with a show topic. I'm going to write it down. So I don't yes, forget. write it down. Oh yeah. No, I wanted okay. to hear, are you, are you also just like, Oh wow. There's so many people in here that, I'm just surprised. I did not yeah. know how well this would go over. Yeah, I think it's I think it's going great. And I have always been excited to do fiction in our book club, but we just it was about having the right one. And then as soon as you said the Ransom trilogy, it was like, oh, that's it. That's the right one. I'm so glad so that here you we are. Yes. I'm glad you felt strongly. <laughs> I think we have a long uh future of fiction ahead of us remember when someone suggested reading tolstoy next anyway we are here (laughs) today like what that was me that That was me (laughs) really just what um you guys it's about time we do an 800 page book in book club just saying we we've (laughs) just started our let's see what uh 150 page (laughs) Uh, let's jump into an 800 page next. Okay. 
Um, yes, it's so like I said, it's not too late to join. We have a good time. We meet live on Wednesdays, but you can watch any of the live discussions back later. And that is at patreon.com slash theologians. And today we're talking about Christian propaganda. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yes. Um, I do remember this. This is a topic you. This is a, a related. I think this is a, a web of topics that you in particular enjoy because this is the second time we've done something, I think, similar years ago. One of the first topics you recommended ever doing was uh, Christian buzzwords. And this, oh, okay. this feels very it's a I long time. That. I think that was back in like 2017, 26. It was a long time ago. Um, and this feels very related to me. Um, mm-hmm. And it has been a long time since we've checked in on this. And so I'm going to yeah. let you take it wherever your brain was. Yeah. So um, I do have to say that I planned to have this like long list of examples <laughs> Okay. And I just was really having a hard time formulating my thoughts because I was just zooming everywhere. And then so much of we talk so much about propaganda, mm. regardless of whether or not we call it that specifically. Mm-hmm. But I was just thinking about, like, what are some of the phrases or even concepts, I guess, that have been introduced um, that we sort of just use casually in the evangelical community specifically um, that are just undeniably not biblical, (laughs) but obviously um, were imported in for the specific reason of changing and adapting Mm. the Christian worldview at large. Yeah. And so uh there's so many examples um and again i think we could even do more episodes like this uh um just because just for the sake of clarity and some some of it has some of the stuff i wanted to talk about today it has just like an immense ideological history and it was just very hard to try to come up with it in a way that wouldn't take forever to talk about or just transform the entire episode into just being about that one thing. So, um, so yeah, that's basically the idea is just, um, it's not just, it's, it's not just unbiblical phrases or concepts that have made its way in, but basically we're making the assertion that these phrases have made their way in because someone planted them within the evangelical community and they've either been um, adopted by the evangelical community or created by the evangelical community. Um, And it's basically been used to uh, just change, change the church. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. Um, Can I get my, let me get my quick ones out of the way that I don't care okay. to give. I don't care to give any nuance for these. I have no apology. Oh, great. Um, I'm just oh, going to tell you guys really quickly. If I hear someone using these phrases, um, I unapologetically immediately dismiss everything that they're about to say. <laughs> I don't trust them. 
Um, I think that they are doing something um, gay or effeminate. And I just immediately have no. Okay. So if you hear someone talking about holding space or creating space for, throw it out. Just throw it. Just take it and just put it in the trash can. Um, if you hear someone, like I said, I'm not nuancing this, and these are not the ones I wanted to expound upon. These are just buzzwords that you will see in um, progressive, ultra-gay Christianity. Um, so holding space for, creating space for, um, people that talk about um, the margins the margins we're just space margins they're obsessed with i don't know typesetting or something um people that are obsessed <laughs> with the typesetting of your life are really they're up to something and i don't you don't want it um and then and then oh the rhythms if you hear people talking about the rhythms these are all by the way you could take all of these and then just go read like any ultra pagan yogi new agey princess witch who's like an influencer on instagram she also is talking about the rhythms of her life and creating space for people that live in the margins and it's a lot of like just word salad that is working on your emotions and i just just get rid of it just throw it out that's okay so those are my that's my those are um the ones i'm not nuancing at all you just well, I'm, I did see that's the thing is I did not realize that we'd be doing a non nuanced portion of the no, show. I have, I have two. I have, t- I have, <laughs> I should have known. This is why. So, for those of you that are like, how are Summer and Joy friends? They're so different. This is why you have a friend that's different from you. Cause Summer just freed me. She just freed me did from I- like. <laughs> Okay, great. I don't know what I freed you from, but I'm I glad am I did. so. I am like so the ultra, like, <laughs> and I'm. I don't know. Don't take these words. I don't know. Whatever. These are just the words that come to mind. Like the thoughtful, conscientious, I'm to not. the point where I'm just like, okay, well, if I present this argument, then I need to have a bunch of reasons why, and all these things, and and it's yeah. like, no, Summer's right. Some things. <laughs> Are worth talking about and expanding upon. Yeah. And some things you can just say. Of course. So yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and say people people that talk about um anything child led, anything oh, um yes. oh. emotion emotional, emotional intelligence. Okay, oh. wait, actually, so I'm not gonna nuance emotional intelligence, but I wanna give you yes. okay, so I saw a video of someone that is like like a wave your EQ um, flag, wave it high for all to see. No. But so she is this like purveyor and lover of emotional intelligence, especially in the workplace, which again, oh, there's such a tangent. I wish that I could take you guys on regarding any sort of like social, emotional learning, mm-hmm. emotional intelligence involved yeah. in corporatism, which leads to fascism, yeah. which is why we live in a communo fascist state. Anyway, okay, do you see why this was hard for me? Yes. Um, <laughs> so, so, um, uh, so but you know what? what? I understand. I just like, understood everything that you said, and I don't need any explanation. So, okay, continue. Okay, well, that's wonderful. I hope everyone's on the same ride 
with us. Um, okay, so she said she was like she listed some name. She was like some the king of 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 emotional intelligence uh, said this. Um, so the question, a question you can ask yourself to determine what your emotional intelligence is this. Mm. There is a guy driving past a bus stop in a beautiful new car. It's a very nice car. Um, and he's driving past a bus stop and he sees the woman of his dreams sitting at the bus stop and she's beautiful. And he stops to basically like hit on her or whatever, which seems like such a risky way to meet someone. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) I guess this is how people do it now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So also he discovers that upon pulling up to the, the, the bus stop, that there are two other people sitting waiting for the bus, one of which is going to the hospital because he is like in a lot of pain and having some sort of serious health problem. And then the other guy is on the way to a very important job opportunity, like a job interview that could basically change his life. His life. Okay. So what do you do? Hit on the girl. Do you want to? <laughs> do you want to hear what the right answer is? That uh, the right answer that that shows supposedly. the most emotional intelligence. What is what? It is give your car <laughs> to the man going to the job interview. Have him drive the guy with the health problem to the hospital on the way, and you stay with the woman of your dreams at the bus stop and like chat her up everyone and i was like yeah no. you know what i that that makes sense i was like that makes absolute sense why in this in this system that would be the highest like points you could get but actually the truth of the matter is is that your car got jacked by two guys yeah. And you're sitting at a bus stop with a stranger. Yeah, but if you're a communist, you don't own your property to begin with. Right. And public transportation yes. should be your highest goal. Right. When the two of you get married, all of your money can go to the state. Like, come on. Yeah, that's exactly private it. private property was just a a you know, a fallacious concept introduced like only 50 years ago. It's, emotional it's up, emotional <laughs> IQ. Emotional IQ is something some HR person came up with so that all the women that like want to divorce their husbands can like come up with a way to claim that he is just a stupid idiot that shouldn't be allowed to lead the household. I'm I'm pretty sure that's I, you know, I haven't looked up the history of it on Wikipedia, but it should be edited to that if it doesn't say that already. <laughs> It's yeah. the moral of the story. It also has it also has um deeply occultic new age roots. So, you know, anyway, we can move on. <laughs> okay. So I have two that I think are propaganda uh very intentionally planted um with the goal of moving Christians from uh voting mostly conservative to voting mostly uh Democrat slash liberal. Um, and that is the phrase um I'm pro-life from womb to tomb. 
I'm pro-life mm. from womb to tomb. You know, it rhymes. Um, womb and tomb, both having just the silliest English spelling that you've ever seen. Um, but what people mean when they say this is you need to support government funded um, really expensive tax reforms so that people can we can socialize health care um, because if you actually care and you you care about babies after they're born. Right. This is another part of it is I care about babies even after they're born. They claim that um, people who are pro-life and actually have a Christian view of the unborn, that the unborn should have equal protection, that there should be punishments if you hire someone to kill your unborn baby. Um, they'll say things like, well, you know, you don't really care what happens to the baby after it's born because you don't vote for socialist platforms to pay for their housing, their schooling, their college education, their retirement fund, their health care for their, you know, um, this is all a psyop. This is propaganda. Like if like the things oh, I yes. mentioned earlier, they're all buzzwords, but that is propaganda mm-hmm. saying that in order for you to believe that unborn people are actually people prove it by uh, paying for everyone's life everywhere, every cent that you have. Um, so whenever someone says that you need to ask what that actually, what does that, what does it actually mean that you're pro-life from womb to tomb? What are you actually accusing me of? You're saying that once a person's born, I'm okay with them being murdered. Cause that's not accurate. Like it's such a dishonest phrase. Um, and then if you really start listening to the people who have popularized it, you are going to very quickly discover that what they're saying is all Democrat platform ideas. That is all that it is. If you really drill down into what it is, it's socialized medicine, socialized healthcare, government funding for this, government funding for that. Um, and it actually has nothing to do with biblical principles or ethics at all. So that was the first one yeah, that came to my mind. That's actually it's actually a part of a um of uh the UN, the whole world citizen uh classification. Uh the the UN has some pretty scary ideals that they've signed their name to, which by the way, we're a part of. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's definitely just straight propaganda, um, for sure. Um, and and well, well well-meaning Christians, well-meaning Christians say it all the time. And it's like, it's so stupid. You've been duped. You've been duped. If you, if you have not critically thought about because pro-life from wounded tomb is actually an objection because all of the platforms that that fall under the quote unquote womb to tomb. They're all platforms of people who are pro-choice. So it's, it's, you've been duped. And if you're a Christian, you need to stop saying it. Agree. Love that. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Um, okay. So the one that I really had, and the thing is my, this, the one that I'm coming with kind of encapsulates a few different things. Um, uh, but the one that I really fully developed, we've talked about it here on the show before, but I have an addition that I want to make. Um, so uh, this is going to seem a little obvious, but you can bear with me. So um, just any, um, so just the the general unbelief 
of the creation account or an attempt to modernize it with secular uh, scientific fallacies like evolution. So um, the lie, just I guess to name a few, um, is that, and this, to me, this issue kind of hits multiple propaganda points, multiple things that have infiltrated the church in a variety of ways. It's just that this particular concept really hits a lot of things. Mm. But so it, one suggests that the Bible is not clear on the issue. Um, and it may have uh, a different, not literal meaning, which sort of casts doubt on the believer's ability to read the text in general. Like, oh, people are, I don't know how to defend this. And someone just said something that sounded smart to me about why the world might be billions of years old. So it must just mean that the Bible is not accessible. Um, so that the, and then from that point you move to the account doesn't really matter because it's not an issue of salvation, which is also huge propaganda, uh, which mm -hmm. basically saying that like, unless it's specifically pertaining to salvific issues, it's not important to know your Bible. And um, I, I don't know. It's very important to have a difference of opinion. I'm not saying that like everyone's going to have an opinion the same opinion on the sure. tertiary issues. Sure. But the idea is, the idea is that when it casts doubt on your ability to understand the text at all, as a person who reads your Bible and sits under the eldership of right. uh, a pastor that understands how to read the word and preach it. Yeah. Um, you really shouldn't have too many problems understanding the Bible. I'm not saying that it's a easy as pie book to breeze through. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that the, there's huge propaganda that the Bible is a complicated text that you will never be able to understand. Um, yeah. So, um, so basically, as a result of uh, it not so because it's not a salvation issue, the creation account um, is it's basically interpreted as this like just thing that God did with creative flourish with no real purpose, um, which yeah. kind of follows the cultural virtue that it's like presumptive and rude to claim that, you know, anything <laughs> at all. Uh, but yes. the, the thing is, is that the that Genesis is a historical account. Um, right. And, but not just that the creation account um is where god describes his most important design for man it's where he gives him his job and then his most right. important design for man is a hierarchy yeah uh, which is man in submission to god and woman in submission to the man so the propaganda it's it's against uh the literal propaganda against the literal creation account is obviously uh it preaches materialism which is just obviously highly unscientific atheist ideal right but, um but it also a distrust in the literal creation account um or the dismissal of the creation account as just like a story about something god did um right. is also preaches also against godly authority and hierarchy 
which um, the reason why the reason why uh, the world and the culture does not want us to trust in authority is because it hates it. That is an absolute Marxist ideal and Rousseau too and many right. others. And, and you just could see, I mean, all the, all the, the many children that all those philosophers <laughs> produced that are running rampant in our culture today. Um, but yeah, so I, I guess the, if I was going to say like the fruit of that propaganda, the propaganda that preaches that the literal uh, creation account is not true, um, is that Christians believe the Bible's inaccessible or maybe even a little worse in my mind, um, they find it embarrassing in need of a modern rewrite, which is also a gay thing. <laughs> um, and um and then they embrace it embraces materialism and embraces egalitarianism, which are uh, just they're too um, anti-authoritarian. There's just yeah, there's just too much Marxism in there for it to not be total yeah. propaganda. <laughs> yes, and we've be- a lot of us have believed it, unfortunately. But, um, you know. Really fun when I was reading, because this is what happened to me, I was reading the history of the word propaganda. And oh. once one source that I read credits the Catholic Church coming up with the word in response to what the Reformation was trying to do. Boom. So anyway, I thought that was really fun. Dang. Wow. I thought that was, I thought that was really fun. I'm totally, I loved that. Um. Let me breeze through this quickly because I think this one, this one really, this is the only other one that like super stuck out to me. Um, I think the phrase same sex attracted is propaganda. Mm -hmm. Um, The Bible does not use the word heterosexual. It does not use uh, sexual orientation as a category of personhood. Like one of my, you know, who I am as my personhood is my sexual orientation it doesn't do that that is not how the bible talks about sexual perversion um and so when people when christians take on the label oh i'm same-sex attracted i think that they are trying to distance themselves from the words that scripture uses um and and really embracing the category of personhood that is your sexual orientation i am this like i am a gay man i am a lesbian i am that is who i am um and it distances it from the idea of of sin like just saying like well this is what i'm attracted to meaning like it's not my fault um it's not my fault this like i don't bear responsibility for this attraction attraction is attraction and it's something that just kind of happens to you and obviously we're not trying to get into the the depth of this this is a whole that is a whole conversation um personhood orientation how we talk about homosexuality in the church um that's a really big topic that is super important yeah Um, i'm not trying to like brush that under the rug but what i am saying is that whenever you see people using same-sex attracted in a certain way, you need to be careful that it's not being used. Um, There's a whole segment of Christianity. They call themselves like side B 
Christians where they do not, they do not believe that same sex attraction is inherently sinful. They believe that it is just a matter of reality, that it could have been something that happened even before the fall. I've seen the argument made that um, because mosquitoes existed before the fall, same sex attraction did too. So I'm just gonna let that hang for a second. Um, now, I understand there's difficulty in the conversation because there is a way in which that phrase describes a particular kind of sin. And so I, I'm not saying that anytime you hear this, it is propaganda, but I'm saying that it absolutely is used kind of the definition you gave in the beginning of like using this phrase to sneak in a worldview, yeah. using this phrase to sneak yeah. in an idea. That phrase is used to do that, particularly by, like I said, the side B, um, gay Christianity folks. And so you need to be very careful when you hear that. You need to really listen to what's being said, maybe ask some questions. Um, do you think uh, being attracted, having a, a physical sexual desire for a person that's your same gender, do you believe that's inherently sinful? Do you believe that's inherently wrong? Um, because a lot of Christians today, particularly because of this movement, no longer believe that it is. They believe it's just something that can't be helped. Right. Um, and that it's it just is how, how God made this person, which I would say is, you know, wrong and heretical. God didn't uh, make anybody sin. But anyway, so same sex attracted watch out for that one. And yeah, maybe we need to do a whole, like have a deeper conversation on that, but that's not for today. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's really where propaganda exists. It exists in the words. It's all about propaganda is it's uh, completely infiltrates through words, through it's sneaky. Uh, graphics, pictures, ideas uh, yeah. that are, are carried along by certain phrases. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of this, it, I mean, anyone who's done any study at all on propaganda, it knows that that uh, it's not nitpicky to hear certain words and go, oh, I know what those words mean. Yeah. Because and and now the thing is, is the person who's using those words, I'm not saying they automatically know what it means, because some, a lot of times that's the whole point is they don't. Um, so we're not saying like, if someone says the word same sex attracted, be like, get out of my house. Um, Only if they say margins. Just, <laughs> yeah. But these are little things that should make our ears prickle. We should, they should make us prickle a little bit and go, hmm, hmm. I'm wondering if this person understands what that, those words mean now. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a, uh, obviously it's not nitpicky propaganda shapes culture and thinking over time successfully. Yeah. Uh, we had a very large case study in it known as world war two, not even that long ago. So, and I somehow doubt that, um, the same government that, uh, tested all kinds of drugs and things on its Ooh. own populations. Ooh, <laughs> she's saying uh, it. Hasn't, uh, implemented propaganda against its own people. <laughs> just saying <laughs> i'm curious you guys can leave us a voicemail tell us what your prop your christian propaganda words are send an email um if you've listened to this whole thing you're allowed to comment your propaganda word that's how i'll know that you actually made it to the end 
And yeah, leave us a voicemail. Tell us what yours are. It's 470-465-0475. I use Rod and Staff as my homeschooling curriculum. And we'll see you guys next week. See ya. Can't take your ache away. Can't make sense make away. Can't take your fear away. Can't make you feel away. 